Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Now here again is Matt Mosley. What is Matt Mosley? Matt Mosley's show. Join now Joseph Duarte, Houston Cougars beat writer. Joseph, welcome to the Mosley Show. Welcome back to the Mosley Show. And welcome to the Big 12 Conference, all right? <laughs> I want to I wanna welcome you in, and we're going to roll out the red carpet, and then we'll all uh, – We'll all visit with you at Big 12 Media Days. We'll have some kind of big mixer and that kind of thing. Now, Joseph, if memory serves correct, did you go ahead and attend this um, event last year? I'm trying to remember. Did you get a Did you get a head start on things to kind of start getting your getting to know Big 12 Media Days a little bit? I, I did attend last year, Matt, and and I was once a part of Big 12. Uh, Press Corps and then a conference realignment got me, and I was court of the uh, Southwest Conference guys that got thrown out. I guess you could say it. I ended up uh, the last 10 years in the American and Conference USA, but once upon a time, I was in the Big 12, so it was good to see some familiar faces like yourself and some of the guys from Austin and Waco and places in between, but uh, but yeah, we were there last year. We've been going to Big 12 spring meetings, the ones in Arizona, the ones in uh, Irving. So yeah, we've uh, kind of jumped on board the last couple of years, getting ready for for what's a uh, big moment for the University of Houston. Boy, what, now that's great that they're sending you out there those spring meetings. Um, I mean, that was kind. Of, it had to be kind of interesting because they weren't far away from like where the Pac-12 was meeting. I mean, I at some point somebody was writing about it and, and kind of almost made it like they're right down the hall or whatever, like 200 feet away from each other. Uh, there had to be some interesting moments between the two conferences as they made their way around. Did you get to witness any of that? And did you, did you cross over and say hello to any of your, your Pac-12 media colleagues? Well, you know, the way it's set up, it's it's through the Fiesta Bowl. I think they call it the Fiesta Bowl Summit, where they bring in uh, several conferences. The Mountain West is out there at that time, the Big 12, uh, the Pac-12. And, you know, we basically set up shop in, in the in the lobby. You know how it goes. And you're, you're on a stakeout for eight or nine, ten hours a day. And, yeah, you'd see, uh, you'd see some interesting uh, paths cross, you know, just like with Texas and OU not uh, – you know, on the way out the door, what those meetings are like where they're still there. When Houston wasn't a member in Central Florida and Cincinnati and BYU, they were there, but they really didn't have a voice in the room. So, uh, and then you'd have people like, you know, Deion Sanders was actually at this last one in Scottsdale. And as soon as he saw the media coming, boy, his uh, his security uh, lined up uh, in, uh, in an offensive lineman stance and uh, were ready to block us out. And <laughs> he took off. So, yeah, you do see some crazy things uh, out there, but uh, this has just been wild trying to keep up with who's in what room and for how long and, and until when. Yeah, first time I've seen Dion run from the media. <laughs> he generally, generally enjoys doing some media, especially if they're paying him to do it. And uh, And you guys were not offering a check, so maybe he thought, I better not. I better not spend any time over there. Is the um, what's the Cougars athletic department like right now? I mean that last Saturday when it became official, what were the uh, what were the celebrations like? Uh, different different programs did it different ways. Cosmo, the BYU Cougar, 
was up at the Big 12 filming some kind of deal. I thought that thing went a little too long, Joseph. That was a uh, it was kind of like a sports center spoof or something like the old commercials. Thought Cosmo thought we could have used some editing on that video. But what have the uh, what have the Cougs done other than that big billboard that you put a picture up of? You know, I I was a little disappointed disappointed in, in how they uh, celebrated. You know, you 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 wander the forest for 27 years looking for for that home that 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 you felt like you you should have been all along and they had a midnight virtual toast and they went long they went long so they didn't, they didn't even hit it at midnight. They didn't do a countdown. You know, I I gave them a list of things they could do. I was like, "Look, you're in Houston, you know, they were really focused on, hey, let's light up City Hall. Let's light up the, the bridges on some of the main freeways. I'm like, that's not the University of Houston. It's your campus. You know, have a street festival. Do a, a midnight madness type event inside the Fertitta Center. And, you know, I know it was the holiday weekend, but other than a virtual toast where the athletic director got up there, raised the champagne glass, and said, hey, we're here. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, they. I guess – I guess when you've known for two years and you've sort of been uh, getting things ready, it, it seemed like another night for them. But I mean, moving forward, uh, <laughs> I hope I hope they do things a little bit bigger because this is a big deal. I mean, you were around when the Southwest Conference broke up. You know what direction schools went in, and you know Houston's always kind of voiced their displeasure on how that went down. Why maybe a school in green and gold got in? and they didn't, or or maybe Texas Tech, you know, the stuff like that. And so, yeah, to answer your question, it was it was a very uh, quiet early evening uh, for Houston, and, and, you know, they just kind of hit the ground running right after 4th of July, and now they're getting ready to uh, to go into the Lions, Dan, of what, what this is going to be like compared to the last 10 years in the American. Tell them if they're still complaining to get a have a governor elected from their university and maybe have the <laughs> lieutenant governor. All right, and that helps. That certainly helped the green and gold. Governor Ann and Bob Bullock got that thing done. All right, so we had a lot more political clout back then than we do now. I'll put it that way. And I knew you'd be the one that would be able to give us that quick lesson. <laughs> Joseph Duarte from the Houston Chronicle covers. The Cougs, and I, I'm I'm wondering, is Dana? You think Dana's getting a little more excited? He seemed kind of dour during that one press conference. He was talking about they need to upgrade the facilities, and he 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 kind of has that personality sometimes. Um, I did see the football operations center renderings. That looks pretty. I mean, that looks really nice. So it's not like the Cougars are out there destitute or something. You think Dana? kind of knows that, hey, these are going to be choppy waters ahead, especially in football. And and because, obviously, he coached at West Virginia, do you think that's why he's sort of maybe tempered his enthusiasm a bit? I think that's part of it. And, you know, when he was at West Virginia and they made that move from the Big East, they had less than a year to do that transition. Now, now he's been talking about this for the – last two years and, and you're right it, it is Dana and it depends on what day of the week you get him uh, but he's been real consistent about knowing what Houston has and they don't have uh, and where they're going to be you know budget wise at the bottom of the Big 12 they're going to be one of the few if only one without a, a, a football only facility and then you look at 
you know, down the hallway for him. You know, Kelvin Sampson's been through this too. He he's been at Oklahoma. He knows what it takes to 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 coach in the Big Twelve. What kind of competition they're going to go at? But on the football side, we all know that's what drives things. And and to an extent here at Houston, with basketball being their best sport, those are the two coaches that that they have in place that that have that experience. So I think that's going to benefit Houston. But but Dana does know that they're going in not only from a facility standpoint, but from from really a competitive standpoint with the rosters situation and and still trying to to bring it up to par for what you're going to see uh, from the other Big 12 schools. So this is this has been a, a couple of years in the making just to get things going. And Dana Dana's going into an important year. This is year five for him. Uh, if you if you ask him, he's not on the hot seat. If you ask others that sign the checks, they need a bowl win. They need a bowl game this year and. Uh, or, or we could be talking about, you know, some changes being made. But right now, they're, you know, they're going into this year. They, they want Dana to succeed, and they think he's the guy, and he certainly has that experience from having been there already. Who do you have player-wise that you're excited to hear from at the media days? Like when I'm kind of going around, I want to get to know a few Cougars, those five players that are showing up. Who's the one, Joseph, I should zero in on and go, hey, this guy, is it the quarterback? Or who's the uh, who are the Cougars bringing that's a really fun guy and, and maybe an outgoing-type personality that you think will do really well in that kind of setting? Well, if you need to know anything, they're, they're bringing two offensive linemen. So, uh, you know, they're one of the few schools that aren't bringing a, a skill position guy quarterback running back receiver and and that's kind of what you need to know about this team they lost their top quarterback in Clayton Toon who's now with the Cardinals they lost one of the top receivers in the country and and Tank Dell who's with the Texans and then the bigger shock of them all the, the running back that they thought was going to be back from an ACL uh decided after spring that that he was going to enter the portal and he's at Colorado now that was Alton McCaskill so that those are three big pieces. I would have liked to have seen them bring Matthew Golden. He's probably the next in line of great receivers. He was a uh, one of the highest rated players they've ever signed. Had a really good freshman year. Uh, but of the guys they're bringing, left tackle Patrick Paul is, is their NFL caliber guy. He's he's about six seven, three twenty or so, and he's going to get some. If he has the type of year many expect. Uh, you know, he could be one of those high round NFL draft picks. Other than that, they're bringing their starting center, uh, Jack Freeman, and they're bringing a, a guy that's transitioning to linebacker and Hassan Hippolyte. So, uh, you know, it's, there's not a lot of uh, storylines in terms of big, big numbers guys returning, uh, but they uh, those are some guys that they're going to need to step up uh, this year, the, the ones that are going to the to media days. I'm I'm excited about even some of the recruits coming in. Uh, I believe the one I that I was visiting with his dad is the Temple wide receiver, yeah. um, Temple, Texas. Uh, yeah, Mikel Harrison, pilot man. What a what what a. I mean, that's a really uh, that's a really interesting um, uh, family story, legacy type deal. Those are the kind of kids they're going to have to hit on if they're going to compete in the Big Twelve. Is that you know just the high high end caliber skill players and there's a lot of them in texas but of course it's not easy to get them always yeah and if you look at it matt uh up until uh you know about six years ago with ed oliver deciding to stay at home and being a five-star guy 
those are the type of guys that wouldn't even pick up the phone uh, and and take the call from Houston. So they made some inroads, but you're right, Mikael Harrison, pilot, uh, tremendous athlete. Dad Chris was a linebacker at Houston. Mom was a, a cheerleader, so he's a big legacy guy. Uh, he and Jonah Wilson, another receiver who's from the suburbs here in Houston, two of the top uh, recruits at any position that they've ever had here, both four-star, high four-star guys. Uh, it's just a matter of how those guys plug in. And Dana's not afraid to throw the freshman in there, and, and, and especially at the skill positions. He feels like at receiver, uh, he's got a room full of guys that he can he can sort of just pick and mix and match and see what works. But I imagine those two guys will get on the field uh, early. Uh, and then, you know, in the backfield, you know, we, we, we haven't talked about the quarterback. Donovan Smith from Texas Tech is probably going to be the guy. He's the transfer. And then they went out and got a, a guy that you're probably familiar with from West Virginia, uh, Tony Mathis was the starting running back there. Uh, they filled McCaskill's spot with him. So they're not completely bare, uh, but they've, they've got some question marks and they've just got some guys that haven't either been featured prominently or for an extended period or are making changes to a new system. I wish we could, Donovan Smith would leave the conference. I mean, he's had some moments against the Bears. I'd like, to, I'd like for him to head on out of the conference. Same thing with Mathis. That guy can be kind of electric, okay? I wish we could have a rule where they couldn't transfer within the conference. But they do it, and they love doing it in basketball, don't they? And um, L.J. Cryer has done that from the Bears. Scott Drew rarely loses a starting player like that. That one hurt, and that was a weird – I mean, everybody's kind of like, wait, what? What's L.J. doing? What Have you gotten to spend any time with L.J. yet? And, and what are – what are you hearing from kind of LJ and Kelvin, the plan for him? I think he does want to run the team a little bit more, get to play a little bit more point guard. Um, right. what, are you, what are you kind of sensing that LJ, what went into that decision? Other than maybe maybe he got a big pot of NIL money. I don't know. But what, what do you think were the biggest things that went into that? And what have you kind of found out about him in his short time there in town? Well, in terms of NIL, you know, Houston isn't, isn't among you know the the I guess the the high rollers when it comes to that, but but the men's basketball program, if there's any sport, that's the one that's benefited the most. But you know, LJ mentioned a couple of factors: one, uh, coming back home and playing, and then two, you're right. I mean, he he was sort of sold on the fact that say, he could have the ball in his hands a lot more. That was very enticing to him. Now it'll be interesting. Do they have another Central Texas guy there with Jamal Shedd, who's from Maynard? Uh, he's their point guard, so I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but it wasn't enough of a, a roadblock for, for LJ not to want to come here. Now, you know, he's go- he went through the, the draft process, got some feedback, uh, so I imagine at this time next year, you know, he'll be off somewhere, so this is sort of a, a one-year one year deal for him at, at Houston, but I didn't think there was just that combination of, of, of the scenery change, the, the coming home, uh, you know, it's, Houston's a program that's, you know, uh, up and coming. And, and he got a, a, a look at them firsthand in, in 2021 when Baylor won the national championship. And he, you know, they had to beat Houston in that semifinal. So, uh, but yeah, he'll fit in nicely. And it was, it was very important that they get a guy like him with, with Marcus Sasser leaving. Uh, they bring in a veteran, uh, somebody who can score, somebody who can, can, can be an influence in that locker room. Uh, but they're going to they're gonna count on L.J. Cryer a lot this year. 
Were you rolling your eyes when Kelvin got that NBA interview? Kind of like, oh, interesting <laughs> timing. I mean, it wasn't that long before he gets that big contract with the Cougars. What did you What did you think? Uh, that that did seem seem like a maybe a pretty smart move on the on the uh, on his agents uh, uh, by his agent or whatever. Because I like Kel. Seemed like Kelvin was like, oh, I didn't really want this to get out. Eh, I'm not. I'm not totally sure that's accurate. Yeah, and when, when, I think my eyes rolled a little bit more when he made that comment versus just it getting out because he was like, you know, most of the times when you know people in organizations and you just want to visit with them, and, you know, he didn't characterize it as an interview but more of a visit. But, uh, you know, you know how the business works, Matt. As soon as, as, soon as that mm-hmm. had happened and, and Woj put it out, uh, you know, my first job was to call Kelvin. He didn't answer, so I knew something might be up, and, Next thing you know, I'm getting a text message from him saying, "Hey, I'm looking forward to to being in the Big 12." So I'm like, "Okay, he got he got what he needed out of that uh, 15 or 20 minutes of is is Kelvin going or is Kelvin staying?" But but you know, they had been working on a a contract for about a month and a half, maybe two months before that, as soon as the season ended, and it was to put him in line with the top 15 or so coaches and. You know he's making money that they just they've never paid it. He's he's gonna be making about four and a half uh, million or a little bit less, uh, and his contract runs through I believe the the twenty five twenty six season. So uh, this is it for him. He and he also got the the language in his son's contract uh, with Kelvin Sampson uh, being the the head coach in waiting and and that being locked in and, and a succession plan in place. So. Uh, but yeah, it's never a dull moment with Dana, and it's never a dull moment with Kelvin. So I, I think I hit the coaching lottery as far as being able to, to keep it interesting on those two beats. All right, you think you could get the live mascot going again uh, at Houston now that they're back in the big time Power Five conference in the Big Twelve? I feel like Shasta. Maybe there was some tie-in at the Houston Zoo at some point. I would love to get the on-campus habitat or something kind of like the old days and the old days shasta would actually come to the games in the astrodome <laughs> it's interesting the- that you bring that up because i i i had a a little sit down with one of the handlers from from back in the day and he told me stories that i just i couldn't believe about how he shasta would break free from the 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 leash that they had it would run free on campus uh, so they weren't quite sure uh, where where Shasta was at sometimes, or, or they were trying to keep up with uh, with her. But you know, the school did a study about a year ago whether it would be feasible. They wanted to build a habitat on campus, uh, have the mascot there, and then bring it back for the the hundred year anniversary of the school, which I believe is in two years. And from my understanding, is that it just came back that it was going to be too costly. There was going to be a, a partnership with the zoo. Uh, where they would have their doctors come in and stuff, but but they do have uh, the Shasta. I'm not sure what number we're on, but uh, they have a Shasta and a Louie that are at the zoo now. These are cubs that were just brought in maybe six months ago. No plans for them to be at games, but they they do a lot of different stuff at the zoo, game days, stuff like that, big events. Uh, but as of now, there there's no plans. Just it just wasn't going to work out. But they did look pretty. Uh, seriously into whether they could pull it off and get it done. It just didn't work out uh, in the end. 
That's how Kelvin got that huge salary because they said it wasn't feasible because we got to pay our we got to make him one of the highest coaches paid coaches in the Big Twelve. <laughs> so they couldn't they couldn't build a uh, cougar habitat. Boy, that would have been fun, wouldn't it, Joseph? We could have gone over and seen the cougar on campus. I I really wish they could have found a way to do that. Joseph, we'll see you at the mixer or whatever we have coming up this week, next week at the Big 12 Media Days. Look forward to it. Great to have Houston in the uh, conference, and uh, not the least of which, it brings you back in. So we're excited about that. I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for having me on, Matt, and uh, we'll talk anytime. All right, sounds good. Joseph Duarte, been doing it for, man, Aaron, he was going back to the SWC days. Joseph looks like a young man in his pictures and all. I didn't know he went back to, did you hear him like, man, I remember you you go back to SWC days. Well, yeah, as a student, <laughs> I was a student during those days when they were still in the SWC, but I was not working yet. So, uh, uh, yeah, Joseph, very tenured sports writer.